Welcome to more than a few words, a marketing conversation for small business owners. MTSW is a production of Roundpeg, where we help small businesses become big businesses. This is Lorraine, and this morning, Allison and I. Good morning, Allison. Good morning. We're going to be talking about LinkedIn and LinkedIn. You know, I've been calling LinkedIn the unsexy network, and that got me into a little bit of trouble on Twitter this morning with uh, Chuck Ghost and uh, Jennifer Wagner, because, hey, what could be sexier than doing business and making money? And that's really what LinkedIn is all about. You know, I... Uh, I've actually, um, I think I'm starting a love affair with LinkedIn. We need to get away from like the love and sex metaphors pretty quickly. Let's move with the larceny from that. All right, well, we'll move away from that. But I really am um, enjoying the time that I'm spending on LinkedIn. Well, you recently started a new, a new program that's kind of giving you a new perspective, is that right? Absolutely. I um, Kind of a long story. I met this guy, Des Walsh, online. We disagreed politely in a series of blog posts. We were both commenting on something. We disagreed with each other, ended up connecting, connected on LinkedIn, had a lovely Skype conversation, and have stayed in touch exclusively through LinkedIn over the last couple of years. And Des invited me to join his 30-day LinkedIn Blitz. The idea of the program is that you commit, if you're going to be a part of this group, to get on and spend 20 minutes every day on LinkedIn and to record what you're doing and share the results with the group. Now, we actually do have a pre-recorded interview with Des. Uh, for people who want to take a look at that, you can access that uh, roundpeg.biz, go to our more than a few words uh, blog post, and you'll be able to get that there. That's great content. We want to make sure people hit that. So what have you been learning so far? We're what, 20-something days into the challenge? I'm actually uh, 21 days in today. and. Um, it's been really interesting. One of the first things was I thought that my profile was pretty complete. Mm -hmm. And looking at some of the things that other people are doing and talking with them, I've added some sections in my profile. I've added some of my not-for-profit work, some of the boards that I'm on that are interesting. Um, I've moved things around. I guess I didn't really realize that you can change what you display where on your page. And also, I've been reading a lot of people's introductory paragraphs. And I haven't changed mine yet, but there's a wide range of things people do that are more interesting than, hi, I worked here, isn't this interesting? I think that there is such a tremendous source of variation there. People do it in the first person. People do it in the third person. Some people are very playful and conversational. Some people it's very formal, old-school resume type. I wonder if there's any research out there about what's the most effective. You know, I don't know, but I, I am going to look at that a little bit more. I will tell you what works for me and, and what I have found I really don't like is um, people that immediately jump into a sales pitch or a commercial that, that just like all the other networks, LinkedIn, even though it's more professional, follows all the same rules that we, we tell people to follow on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, then Walsh actually has a really interesting profile. He tells you who he is, what he does, very conversational, and he also tells you what you have to do if you want to link to him. Oh, interesting. So what are, what are his criteria? He wants to have a Skype conversation and get to know you. Short, 15 minutes before he'll connect with you if he doesn't already have some other 
point of entry with you. Now, that is quite a contrast to, for instance, your more um, lion LinkedIn open networker philosophy. How do you see those two coherent? Well, and that was actually the, the disagreement that I had with Des to begin with. Um, I felt like this is not LinkedIn. Uh, sorry, this, this LinkedIn is not Facebook. I, I am more protective of who I connect with, and I'm actually becoming even more so as time goes on on Facebook. On LinkedIn, I have always treated this like a Chamber of Commerce meeting. I always give people the benefit of the doubt. If I get an in invitation to connect, I'll take a quick look at your profile, and as long as it doesn't immediately scream spammy, um, fake profile, all too pretty picture with very weird credentials, but if it seems like a legitimate business, um, if you're connected to people that I'm connected with, if you um, are part of a group that I'm connected with and I can see a little bit about you, I'm pretty open to accepting the connection. Des had an interesting comment um, in a presentation that he shared with me in terms of if you're reaching out to people that you don't know or don't know well, he had sort of three kind of keys. He said you needed to remind, maybe flatter and impress. Hi, Allison, this is where we met. I just read this blog post you wrote, and I thought it was terrific, and here's what I'm doing without going on for too long and why I think we should connect. Um, when I get one of those, I, I snap it up right away, but I'm pretty easygoing in general. I tend to side more with Des on this. I would, I would not do the Skype call thing, mostly because I don't actually like talking to people. But even that aside, I feel that the real power of LinkedIn is in being able to reach out to people that you know on those occasions where you have a really good reason to, for instance, ask for an introduction, ask for a favor, ask for an in somewhere. And if you're just connecting to every person, sure, it'll feel really good because I'm connected to a billion people, but you're not. And I think that um, I recognize there are different layers within my network. I'm connected to about 3,500 people. I am intimately connected with probably a thousand of them. The others are, are less so, but by being connected to them, I get exposed to their content, their updates, things that they're sharing. And um, when you clean up your news feed, which is something I'm going to talk about briefly, LinkedIn is today what Twitter was for me two years ago. What do you mean by that? Um, when I first started on Twitter, well, when I first started on Twitter, everybody was talking about what they had for breakfast. But then my network became kind of manageable, and people were talking about more interesting things. On Twitter, you can go in and adjust what you see in your news feed. For a while, it was overwhelmed with the stuff coming from Twitter, and now that's gone completely. But then there's this really boring list of Mary connected to John and Peter connected to Bobby and, oh, look, Ricky endorsed Philip, and I don't really care. You can turn off those updates. And now the only thing I see in my news feed are when people share real content in their status updates. I do see endorsements, testimonials, and job changes because those things are of interest to me. If someone's got a new job, I reach out and congratulate them. And so this news feed now really is, for me, because I've made those adjustments, an interesting outline of what's going on in my network. So having that larger network is giving me exposure to things happening um, in a wide range of places that I wouldn't have if I only connected to people that I had really knew. 
Absolutely. I think that's a great point. Actually, one of my favorite features of LinkedIn that they instituted relatively recently was is this top news uh, email that they send once a week. Because for me, I a lot of times forget to sign into LinkedIn. I know that's terrible for a social media person to say, but it, it's the truth. I, I advise clients a lot on how to use it, but it's not something that you can use on a client's behalf, for instance. Um, not effectively, not well, and you shouldn't. I, I firmly believe that about LinkedIn. Um, but at the same time, um, it's really useful to know when people are changing jobs. You know, being a 20-something, people my age change on average, they change jobs every 18 months. So being able to keep up with where people are, whether that's people here in town, people I went to college with, whatever the case may be, that's something that's really interesting and useful to me. Absolutely, and, and I know I just rolled my eyes at you when we talked about not doing it on behalf of a, a person. I can't impersonate you professionally. I should not be reaching out necessarily to people on your behalf, but LinkedIn is really expanding their company pages. This is true. That's an excellent point. And um, I want to just kind of cover a couple of quick things that people should be thinking about. Um, first off, take the time to complete the company page. Mm -hmm. It's really easy because a lot of the content can be exactly the same as what you have on, on your website. Um, your product summaries. Um, but I think where a lot of companies, and Roundpeg included, um, fall off a little is we fail to get our employees involved. Mm -hmm. um, your status updates, your comments, sharing a status update that we put on LinkedIn just the way we share it on Facebook will help give us exposure in a very professional setting. And I think a lot of companies don't think about doing that. I think they don't think about doing status updates regularly. Mm -hmm. We do a status update every day on Facebook. Well, since I started this program, I've done a status update every day on LinkedIn, but some of our blog posts aren't, they're more a little, they're, they're maybe a little too soft-sided mm -hmm. for LinkedIn. I've been going back into our archives mm -hmm. and pulling some of our best ones there. I think those are things that either we could do for businesses or businesses should be doing for themselves. I think you make an important point there about the importance of, about the importance of putting more business-focused content on LinkedIn. This is not the place to be sharing photos. You know, it, it sounds so basic. You know, LinkedIn has been around so long, you'd think that this would be common knowledge. This is not the time to put up a profile picture of yourself in your sorority's formal dress. This is not the time to be posting pictures of your new baby. That's not what LinkedIn is for. People come to LinkedIn to talk about business. So make sure that you're prepared to have that conversation. The other thing is, and I see this occasionally, um, people think because LinkedIn is about business that it's okay to use their logo or a photograph of their business as their profile picture for their personal account. Oh, or how about like Allison Carter, experienced social media professional, add my name. <laughs> Don't you love that? LinkedIn does too, except it's against terms of service, so your account can be deleted for that, or you'll at least get a stern talking to. Professional, professional designations, you'll see people having them in their name a lot, but they should not go there. No, but you should think about, because you have a place on LinkedIn in your profile, of what you want your title to be. And I think a lot of times people just let it, whatever their most recent job title is. And sometimes that describes who you 
you are, but sometimes it doesn't. Um, although I use the title creative director, when people ask me what do I do at Roundpeg, my LinkedIn description is marketing strategist mm -hmm. because that's a much broader description of who I really am. Um, okay, I want to switch gears a little bit because there are proactive things that you can be doing and, and some of the things in the challenge. Posting updates. Des actually advocated that we post two to three status updates a day. And at first I was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to talk about? Um, but it's been really interesting. Um, I've been doing one status update for the business, mm -hmm. one status update for me, and one... You mean one from the company page and one from your personal page? Yes, I'm sorry. One from the company page, one from my personal page. And then I'm doing one or two where I'm sharing almost Twitter style an article that I think is really good or interesting. Now when you say Twitter style, it's just that, in, that you're sharing an article that is not yours. I'm sharing an article that's not mine. A little bit, what I love is I can have a little longer description as to why I think this is a good read. And the, comment and the, the comments and the interactions have really been kind of nice. Um, the other thing that we're supposed to be doing in this is um, reaching out, improving the quality of our connections, writing testimonials or endorsements, I'm sorry, writing recommendations or endorsing our peers. And I know you've got some real perspective on endorsements. Well, I don't have real perspective. For those of you who aren't familiar, let's first talk about, because endorsements are a relatively new uh, feature on LinkedIn. Basically, they stole a page from Clout's playbook, if any of you are on Clout. The idea behind it is that, you know, it takes a long time to write a good recommendation for someone. You know, you have to sit down, you have to think about the person, you have to make sure that you're writing something that is flattering to the way that they want to be portrayed. It takes time. Most of us don't have any of that. So what LinkedIn has done is you can very quickly essentially hit a button and say, I think Lorraine is really good at marketing. And while I think there's some value in that, I don't think it's a terrible idea in theory, but in practice, many people have been endorsing me. I've had some people endorse me who I'm connected with who, now I know I just said that I think your connection should be tighter. There's some people I'm connected to on LinkedIn who I know but I've never met or worked with. They have been endorsing me on skills. Uh, I've been endorsed on skills that I no longer really use, like press releases. I actually, just before we started here, I went in and removed the press release endorsement from my profile because I don't want to be known as someone who writes press releases. Um, there's lots of other skills there to choose from. But I just, in seeing how people are endorsing me, it's making me question its validity and its worth for everyone else. I think that's a good point. I think it's, I think it's nice and I appreciate when people endorse me. Yeah, um, good, sure. I also yeah. recognize, because I've been in in and out of LinkedIn a lot, is that you hit a page and four people come up mm -hmm. and it asks you to endorse them. And so I know that in a lot of cases people are just clicking on the buttons because my picture shows up. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I buried it pretty far on my page. It's not the top thing I feature. Mm -hmm. um, just like a lot of these other things, putting a clout button on your, or a cred button on your website to say, look, everybody else thinks I'm special. My recommendation is build your other credentials. Put some meat in your profile that demonstrate the things you're being endorsed for. 
I think the recommendations, on the other hand, which are those long-form endorsements that take some time and thought to write out, those still have tremendous value because, again, they do take time. They do take thought. It means something when someone spends 5, 10, 15 minutes writing about why you're awesome as opposed to 30 seconds because LinkedIn asks you to say, is Allison you know, good at press releases? Mm -hmm. I've got a couple of folks who, excuse me, uh, who really like, really like endorsement. I've got a call that I apologize. <clears throat> but um, the, uh, they like it because it's just a nod, a little bit of a nod, an acknowledgement. Um, is there a lot of value in that, just a nod? I think it does two things you know, when you're in the just a nod category. The first is I may not be thinking about, well, of course, I think about Robbie Slaughter every day, Robbie, if you're listening, but, um, you know, I may not be thinking about someone at a, at a particular moment, and I get a little um, reminder when I log in. It shows me who's endorsed me and for what. And I'll be like, oh, wasn't that nice of him? And maybe it gets me thinking about him. Maybe it reminds me to pick up the telephone and call him or send him a quick note. So in that regard, it is a nice kind of just reach out and touch. I don't think, I mean, I don't think that they're terrible. I think that um, the onus is on the profile owner to make sure that people are endorsing them for skills that they actually want. Because like I said, it is very easy to go in and remove skills that people are endorsing you for that you do not want to be endorsed for. But I think that all of us as LinkedIn users, we can make this feature more valuable by making sure that when we do give just a nod, we do know that the person we're endorsing actually has skills in that area and we're not just blindly pushing buttons in the hopes that they'll endorse us back. So I think that it's really up to us as to how useful that feature becomes in the future, whether it just gets forgotten down the road like so many features have before. Uh, I want to do two things. I want to comment on that and then talk about features that, that uh, they've moved away from. Um, I'm really particular when I endorse people. I um, I will pick and choose. Five five topics will come up, and I may only pick three. But one thing that is making me crazy, though, is there's no way to permanently ignore someone. I've had someone who pops up, you know, when they show me four people to endorse, and I X them out, and a new name comes up, and I endorse the other people. I'm not going to endorse this person. I think they are incompetent. Now, I'm also not going to tell you over the air oh, who I think the person is. Here, right? No, we're not that good of friends. But I think they're incompetent, so the last thing I'm going to do is endorse them, but there's no way to turn that, there's no way to turn that off. You could endorse them as incompetent. Ooh, now that would, would that be terrible. That would be terrible. I get, and, you know, it's a touchy situation because we are connected. We do know each other in the community. It would seem odd if I disconnected, but at the same time, I'm not going to. I'm not going to have my picture on their page next to a skill that I don't think they're any good at. And I think that that's an important lesson, to people. When you, you know, you might think that your endorsement is just a nod, but it is a permanent nod that's appearing on their profile. So when you are endorsing someone. Think about what that means. An endorsement means that you are staking your reputation on the fact that this person can do what you say they can do. So I think that I think in that way it is more than I guess the way I think of it is less of a nod, but like when football players like do a really good play and they like slap each other on the butt, I think of it like that. It's not impermanent. It's something that sticks around. So I think it does have a little bit more effect 
than just a stop, good job. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I mean, I think it, it um, in that regard, if you use it well, it can have value. Peter, did we have other questions in the stream this morning? Do you, um, well, and who was that comment from? Do you remember? Um, <clears throat> wow. Uh, Kit Wissendorf, um, and then uh, Jared Jewett. Kit, Jared, thanks so much for uh, joining the conversation. We want to talk about uh, some features that have fallen by the wayside, like the uh, late uh, but recently departed uh, LinkedIn event. You know, I was. I was really sad to see that linked events left, and then I thought about it. I never used it um, because I'm not on LinkedIn. Well, I wasn't on LinkedIn enough to really notice the events in a timely manner. And that um, I have to give them a lot of credit because I think they are continually looking at and eliminating things that you can get elsewhere or that, that show up elsewhere. There is definitely a reason that LinkedIn is the most profitable of all of the public social media networks. There are a couple of reasons for that. One is they have their advertising stream and their subscription account stream very well figured out. They very much understand what value they are adding. They've done a great job of showing their, their value proposition to customers and getting them to pay for it, particularly recruiters. Um, and they're not stumbling in the dark like Facebook is. Well, I think the thing is that if you look at the point of origin, LinkedIn was launched with a business undercoat almost from the, from the beginning. Yes. They recognized that um, the more Joe and Mary individuals they could get to come to the site, the more product they would have to sell to the recruiters and the company's looking for qualified talent. Yep. And so in that regard, they very quickly understood what the real revenue driver was. The key to getting revenue was creating a great user experience so that advertisers are willing to pay for the data. And that's something that Facebook is currently screwing up in royal fashion. Well, and I also think that um, the thing I have really enjoyed and respected about LinkedIn was, yes, they have turned off some of the features that I like. They haven't turned them off. They've moved them to platforms. But as a small business owner, even if I never have a premium account, there is value in this tool for me. There, is, there are continuous reasons for me to be a part of this. And that is one of the big questions that we get from people. Do I need a paid LinkedIn account? I would say 95% of people don't, unless you're either a recruiter or in the staffing industry and in the business of constantly needing to find new talent, needing very advanced search tools, or you're a salesperson, you're a dedicated salesperson who's tired of making cold calls. Some of the paid account services there, like InMail, which allows you to uh, send a message to anyone regardless of whether you're connected with them or not, those things have value. But for someone who's just trying to, to further their other content marketing, it's typically not going to be something that's necessary. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that are, one of the free features that I think are really underused, misused, and abused are groups. Mm -hmm. um, when I started the LinkedIn Challenge, I must have been a member of about 40 groups. Because mm -hmm. people would invite me and I'd be like, oh, look, all my friends are there, and I would join. 
I never went back to those groups. I never participated in the discussions. And when I started looking at those groups, it actually reminded me of what um, Smaller Indiana had become, which was ad, ad, promotion, ad, people yelling at each other. And so I started dropping out of those groups. And I'm trimming my list and trimming my list. But right now, I've got three groups that I'm really a member of. And I check in on the group every day. I look at the discussions. People are sharing good content. They're asking good questions. I learned how to fix a couple of things in my LinkedIn account um, that I just didn't know. I could have researched it, but I put up a quick question and got two or three different suggestions. Um, I first got some insight into how good LinkedIn groups were when um, Dr. Greg was our, our guest. Yes. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Greg Magnuson from Leo's Pet Care, uh, the official veterinary service provider for Roundhead, as we always hasten to add. He was our guest on the show a few weeks back, and he talked about the power of his veterinary-focused LinkedIn group. And he shared a link to the podcast with his group. Within days, that podcast became the most listened to program we had had in six months. And it was clearly because all of these different vets wanted to hear what he had to say. They were curious about what he was doing. It was a best practice exchange group. And so I saw when you're part of a group that is really interesting and sharing good stuff, um, it can be a really nice supplement in a way that my lists on Twitter can't be. Yes. Or my, I just don't like the groups on Facebook. I don't like the way they work. No, those are irritating. No, yeah. I don't think anyone likes the groups on Facebook. No, they, they just, uh, because it's just a steady feed. The, the, the discussion groups on LinkedIn, um, if you've got a good group manager, the discussions are well organized. You can search around for new content. You can see who the active members are. You can also see the profile of who's in the group. So if you're thinking about joining a group before you just jump in. Um, to me, that was really powerful. And the other thing I've started doing is I answer one question every other day. I specifically look for people who are asking questions. Um, so far, I've made two really interesting connections, and I was interviewed for an article um, uh, on um, coaching. So higher level connections, higher level conversations, and hopefully um, some business opportunities as well. Well, and of course, that's, that's basic best practice for any of the social networks. You're always going to receive more in return when you are giving more, when you aren't trying to outsmart everybody in the room, when you're instead offering good information. And um, I want to talk just briefly about the bottom line because this has been really interesting. Um, since I've started doing this, I'm watching traffic to our website. We don't have hundreds of visitors pouring in from LinkedIn. But over the last 21 days, as Facebook has become increasingly more irritating and decreasingly effective at driving traffic to our website, LinkedIn is stepping in to fill the void. Um, I looked at it today. In the last seven days, LinkedIn now outperforms Facebook for driving traffic to our site. 
from Whitney's perspective, Facebook used to be our single largest uh, referral traffic source. Now, it is as much a factor that, link that Facebook has fallen, but LinkedIn is coming up. Again, I'm not about to abandon our position on other networks, but what it's showing is that if we have concerted, organized efforts, there's some really good opportunity to people are missing with LinkedIn. Absolutely. Everybody, just remember, just because business in the front doesn't mean it can't be a party in the back for your bottom line. <laughs> so uh, I would encourage everybody, I need to go update my LinkedIn profile. I hope that this uh, gives you guys the, uh, the show that you need to do the same. Awesome. Thanks so much, folks, for joining the conversation. And if you've enjoyed today's conversation, be sure to check our blog for more info on social networks, marketing, PR, and web design at roundhead.biz. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.